Occults, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 64, for the week of March 24th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, March 24th, the moon is bright in the evening sky and up almost the whole night. The moon will be full on Sunday, March 28th. It will be near the equator, so as the sun sets, the moon will rise due east. By the end of our week, Tuesday, March 30th, the moon will be in the morning sky, rising 90 minutes after the evening sky darkens. In the morning sky, both Saturn and Jupiter have emerged from behind the sun and are visible low in the east before morning twilight starts. On Friday, March 26, the planet Venus is behind the sun as seen from the Earth. That is called its superior conjunction. It then officially enters the evening sky, but it will be about five or six weeks before we see it in our evening sky. A nova has been discovered in the constellation Cassiopeia. A nova is a star that explodes or outbursts in brightness, and this one is in the evening sky, about one-half degree south of the open star cluster M52. A finder map for this nova is on Podcast 64, Map 3. This one is between magnitude 7.5 and 8, easy to see in a telescope, visible with some difficulty in binoculars. Quite often, it is amateur astronomers who discover novae. Until late last century, they did it visually, memorizing the positions and brightness of stars in the sky, especially the crowded fields of the Milky Way. If they used binoculars, and many did, they memorized hundreds of star patterns. Then, when a new star appeared, they recognized it as such. Next, amateurs used photographs of the sky and compared the new photograph to an old photograph to look for the new stars. For the past 20 years or so, the photographs have been replaced by electronic imaging equipment such as CCD, short for charge coupled devices, an electronic camera attached to a telephoto lens. This nova was discovered on March 18th by Yuji Nakamura. He used a 135 millimeter F4 lens with a CCD camera to discover this nova. Its official designation is V1.1 
1405 space CAS for Cassiopeia. Get out and see it this week or next. Nova do not remain bright for long. They all fade away over the course of a few weeks to a few months. If you were doing the Messe Marathon in the past two weeks and you imaged each object with wide-field equipment, you might have caught this nova in your image of M52. We presently know that it was fainter than magnitude 13th on March 14th, rose to magnitude 9.6 when discovered on March 18th, and now it has brightened a bit even more, presently about magnitude 8. There are no bright comets in our sky this week. I heard something on the internet today, and it was so amazing, I rewound it and listened to it again to see if I was hearing it right. I was hearing it correctly. Someone was claiming that Charles Messier searched for and discovered as many comets as he could because it was his, quote, money-making scheme, end quote. The person continued and said that Charles Messier found comets and, quote, named them after the French nobility who then paid him handsomely, end quote. Well, that is completely untrue. Comets are named after their discoverers or, in a few cases, after the person who calculated the orbit. I have never seen a case where anyone, especially Charles Messier, asked for nor was granted that the names on the comets they discover be named after someone else. The main reason comets are named after their discoverers is so that the discoverer has no opportunity, no option of choosing another name to put on the comet. This has been a hard and fast rule in comet discovery. An examination of the comets found during that time shows none. Zero comets named after the nobility of France or of any other country. Now, after Charles Messier found a number of comets, the king of France, Louis XV, recognized his success in finding comets and gave him an award and a lifetime pension. That pension was later taken away after the French Revolution. But in no way were the honors bestowed upon Charles Messier because he had his discovered comets named after someone else. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, March 24th through Tuesday, March 30th? It all depends upon your location. This week we have five zones. All you need to know is your latitude. At 65 degrees north and north of that, you will not see the International Space Station this week at all. From 35 to 60 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky all week long, sometimes twice per evening. So if you live between 35 and 60 degrees north, Look for the International Space Station in your evening sky. 
from 22 degrees south of the equator to 35 degrees north. That is a lot of people. You won't be able to see the International Space Station at all this week. From 35 to 22 degrees south, the International Space Station will be in your morning sky, but only for the first part of the week. And between 55 and 35 degrees south, the ISS will be in your morning sky, sometimes twice per morning. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. Beginning this week and continuing for at least the next six months, I'm setting aside some time in each podcast to discuss some of the basics of amateur observational astronomy. Most of what I will be discussing are facts and concepts that if you learn, and some of them are useful if committed to memory, you will never feel uncomfortable discussing astronomy with other astronomers. I will not do a lot of math with you, and we will steer clear of theoretical astronomy. Two weeks ago, I discussed in this podcast the importance of specializing in something. And you can go far in whatever field you choose if you decide to do that. But having a basic understanding of the many fields of astronomy will help you at star parties, will help you with questions about astronomy from your friends and family, and will expand your knowledge of the field of astronomy and give you some idea what other astronomers are up to. This astral class, knowledge college, Overview Avenue or Sky Overview is aimed toward those just getting in astronomy, but those with years of experience will find it interesting too, I promise. So let's get right into it. Astronomy is the study of the heavens. In astronomy, almost everything is really, really far away. And almost everything is really, really big. When we look up at the sky at night, everything looks about the same distance away. The stars look small. The planets look small. And although the moon and sun have some size, you can blot them out with your thumb at arm's length. Our local neighborhood is known as the solar system. The sun is a star in the center, and the planets go around the sun. The earth is the third planet from the sun. The solar system is made up of the sun, planets, dwarf planets, moons, asteroids, comets, and meteoroids. They are all in our solar system. I'll discuss each of those in detail in future podcasts. Because of the vast distances involved with astronomical objects, astronomers often refer to a distance by how long it takes for light to travel that distance. 
Light travels very, very fast. When you're observing a thunderstorm and see lightning, the thunder follows, and the time lapse between the lightning and thunder is related to how far it is from you. Thunder, the sound, travels about 1,100 feet per second. That's about 340 meters per second. With thunder and lightning, the time lapse from when you see the lightning to hear the thunder is five seconds for every mile or three seconds for every kilometer. When someone talks to you, it seems like the words instantaneously reach you, but they do not. There is a small time lapse. Sound still travels fast. Light travels even faster than sound a million times faster. Light can go around the world seven times in one second. How fast does light travel? 186,000 miles per second, which is about 300,000 kilometers per second. If you drive your car until it wears out, and after 10 or so years, you have 186,000 miles on your car. Well, light travels that far in one second. That's about how long it takes you to put your car into gear. The moon is considered our closest neighbor. Light takes 1.3 seconds to travel from the moon to the earth. So when you look at the moon... The light you see is 1.3 seconds old. It takes astronauts three days to get to the moon. Takes light 1.3 seconds. The sun is about 400 times further away. Light takes eight minutes to reach us from the sun. Jupiter, the largest planet, is five times farther away from us than is the sun. So light takes 40 minutes to reach us from Jupiter. The most distant major planet is Neptune, 30 times farther from us than is the Sun. Light takes four hours to reach us from Neptune. Beyond Neptune are dwarf planets and asteroids, some of which are very large. They, too, are part of our solar system. The next thing we get to out there are stars. We get to the closest star. How far away is that? Well, it takes light four years to get to us from the closest star. Four years. That is very far away. The nebula and open star clusters are typically between 1,000 and 8,000 light years away. Another type of star cluster, known as globular clusters, are typically between 10,000 and 40,000 light years away. Now, everything we've discussed so far, our sun and planets, our solar system, the stars we see, clusters and nebula, they are all in a galaxy known as the Milky Way. That is our galaxy. It's called the Milky Way. 
A galaxy is a collection of gas, dust, stars, nebula, and clusters, often in the shape of two dinner plates placed face to face. The Milky Way is big. It is about 100,000 light years from one edge to the other. It's only a few thousand light years thick. We do not live in the center. We live one half to two thirds out from the center towards the edge. Everything you see in the sky is in our galaxy, unless you're seeing another galaxy or a quasar. And there are other galaxies, billions of them. They are very, very far away. The galaxies you can see in a small telescope are up to 100 million light years away. With a larger telescope, you can see galaxies that are 500 million light years away. That means the light we see left them about 500 million years ago. Professional astronomers with big telescopes can see objects that are 13 billion light years away in all directions. Almost without exception, everything you see in the sky is big. The moon is 2,200 miles across, that's 3,500 kilometers. The planet Jupiter is 10 times the diameter of the Earth. The sun is a hundred times the diameter of the Earth. Some stars are much bigger than our sun. There is a class of objects that are smaller than you might guess. Those are meteors. The average meteor you see streaking across the sky is about as big as a small pebble, a small rock. An overview of the universe. Next week, we will discuss the solar system in more detail. Now for Fun with the Marathon. I did my third Messe Marathon of the year on Tuesday, that is Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, March 16th and 17th. A Messier Marathon is an attempt to see all 110 galaxies, clusters, and nebula cataloged by Charles Messier some 250 years ago. Every year in late March, amateur astronomers around the world gather in small groups to attempt to see all 110 Messier objects in one night, and late March is the only time that all 110 can be seen between dusk and dawn. This year, the moon is full on March 28th, making the traditional time of late March difficult. So our options this year are mid-March and early April. I've been using different instruments for each marathon. In February, it was my 10-inch, 25-centimeter reflector. On March 13th, 14th, I used a 16-inch, 40-centimeter Dobsonian telescope. And on March 16th, I used 100-millimeter binoculars at mostly 25 magnification, but also at 40 magnification for some objects. These binoculars and I are both carried around the sky on something called a Star Chair 3000. 
a chair with motors to move it around the sky. This is controlled by a joystick. This is one way you can do a Messe Marathon sitting down. It is an enjoyable experience. The moon was up, a thin crescent in the evening sky. My most difficult object in the evening sky was M74, a faint galaxy, and moonlight hampered the observation a bit. In my first 90 minutes, I had found 66 objects, everything that was above the horizon. I then went to bed and got up and out again about 90 minutes before morning twilight. I resumed the marathon and by the end of the morning had seen 109 of the 110 Messe objects. Only M30 was missed. It is in the solar glare and will not be visible in my morning sky until at least the last week of March. This was the 64th Messe Marathon that I've started since 1979, and the 50th that I have finished, the others being clouded out halfway through. This was the 20th time that I have seen 109 Messe objects in one night. I think I should explain the photograph that appeared on Facebook and Twitter and is now on my website, donmockholtz.com. It shows me sitting in the star chair, which is on the back of a trailer, which is attached to a pickup truck. It had rained the day prior and our property was a bit muddy. The star chair is kept in the shop and normally I just wheel it out to the observing area because its platform has small wheels. But with the mud, the only way to get it to the observing site was to put it on the trailer and haul it. Besides, the trailer was already attached to the pickup truck, as I had been using it earlier in the day to distribute farming materials onto our field. Yes, I'm a farmer too. I came up with a caption not a movie, but a trailer. And my wife, Michelle, added the other movie-themed descriptions. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? The moon will be full this Sunday, March 28th. Saturn and Jupiter are now visible in the morning sky. And go out and see that Nova in Cassiopeia. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, Podcast episode number 64 for March 24th, 2021. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at donTheAstronomer at gmail.com Once again, that is donTheAstronomer at gmail.com God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky and in our astral class, we'll discuss the solar system. 
We'll look at a couple of objects in our evening sky, too. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.